Welcome to All About Capital Campaigns, a podcast that provides fuel for your nonprofit's growth. Each week, hosts Andrea Kilstedt and Amy Eisenstein, co-founders of the Capital Campaign Toolkit, provide practical tips about raising more money for your nonprofit organization. The Capital Campaign Toolkit is a support system for nonprofit leaders who are running capital campaigns. At CapitalCampaignToolkit.com, you can download a step-by-step guide for your capital campaign and get many other free resources. This podcast is recorded on a live webinar every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time. You can join the live session and get your questions answered by signing up today at ToolkitTalks.com. Thank you all for being here week after week after week. Many of you I know really are here week after week. And um, and we are tickled to, tickled to be here. But here's the topic. <laughs> Talking about how many. We are not going to be here, as Amy said, for six weeks. But the first week of that, actually, in July, Amy and I are going on our annual business retreat to... Um, to Maine. A wonderful friend of ours has uh, lets us use her, her guest house and we spend several days together doing some blue sky thinking. And that's the topic of today's toolkit talk, blue sky thinking. You know, it, it is very easy for you, for us, for everyone to get lost in the day-to-day of getting the work done, right? Just... I mean, every, everyone gets busy and you have goals to reach and things that have to be done. And you're lucky if you get, or I'm lucky if I get through the list of things on my, on my you know, to-do list that have to be done every day and every week and every month. And, the, and you really have to make a decision to stop for a minute and start thinking from a higher perspective to extract yourself from the day-to-day work and and think about where you really want to be going, about what you want to be doing. And that's true, I think, at a personal level. And it's true at a level of your job. And it's also true at the level of your organization, right? Where does your organization want to be? And and we thought we would we would talk about all three of those of those uh, pieces, and we would begin really by talking a little about our preparation or thinking as we plan to go to Maine, and then find out from you. Well, what are the kinds of things? What's the blue sky thinking you can imagine doing? Right? How do you want to do? Can you? set out some time to do some blue sky thinking and do you can you do you do it by yourself or do you do it with somebody what's the process that would help you help you do that so that's what we're about while we are are while amy and i are talking some about this and sort of setting the stage go to the open your q a box and feel free to ask questions. Now, your questions don't have to be on this blue sky thinking. If you came, as Amy said, if you came with a question about your campaign or about fundraising or about whatever, right, feel free to feel free to put it in. Try hard to keep your questions short. Otherwise, we don't we can't read them well. Well, we have one eye on 
talking to you and one eye on the list and one eye on the Q&A. It's hard to keep track of it if the questions are long. So oh, good. Right. we're going to we're going to start. Lori, thank you for kicking us off. We're going to define blue sky thinking before we dive in. So, Andrea, what is blue sky thinking? You love that term. What, what do you mean when you say that? No, what I mean when I say blue sky thinking is is to it's the kind of thinking that enables you to jump beyond what you already know. I mean, have you ever ever sat on a beach or on a mountain or someplace on an utterly gorgeous day and just looked out into the blue sky, this sort of infinite blue sky, and said, well, you know, what, what ideas come to my mind about this? What could I be that I am not yet? What do I want to be? What does this infinite sky allow me to be? What does this world, what do these resources offer that, that I simply haven't had the time to think about? And, and what you find, or sometimes what you find, is that if you, if you give yourself or your organization, because this can happen organizationally as well, if you give yourself the opportunity to really spend some time, maybe you do it walking, maybe you do it talking with a friend, maybe you do it just sitting and thinking, maybe you get your board to have conversations about it. What you find is that ideas come up that you might not ever have, have, have imagined just in the regular day-to-day course of work, right? And, and you've, you may find that you have the courage to take on goals that that only yesterday felt totally outrageous. And when your mind does that, when your mind sort of sort of grabs the blue sky, the, the quality of, of infinite opportunity or possibility, and you sit with it for a while, sometimes it's just a little movement that that all of a sudden makes a whole new way to think and place to go possible. So that's what I mean by blue sky thinking. Did that catch it, Amy? Yeah, I think the most classic example is when the president talked about putting a man on the moon for the first time, right? Nobody had done it. Nobody had thought about it. They couldn't imagine it. Most people couldn't really imagine it, didn't think it was a real possibility. And then lo and behold, once you say a big, crazy idea, you start to figure out how to make it possible and how to do it. And so thinking about for your organization or for yourself personally, what is your what is the most outrageous idea that you want to achieve that you you know, you sort of you don't have a clue as to how it will happen. But, you know, what what would really, turn, you know, achieve your mission? What would make life worth living? What's what's out there? And so and then, you know, putting a name on it, a name attached to it, like putting a, having a man land on the moon. Right. Then you start to think, well, how the heck would we do that? And then ideas start coming. So I'd love to see in the chat if people have blue sky ideas in one sense or less for their organization. What what is the blue sky idea and your organization? 
Mike, Mike, Mike is chatting. And what about a capital campaign in three months? We are laughing, Mike. Yes. Oh. Here's the answer. Mike, if you have 10 donors who can collectively give you and are already on board and already excited about this, who can collectively give you about 80% of your campaign goal, there is no problem in doing three months. in, in having a capital campaign in three months. Yes. And, <laughs> and though, if, you know, and, and I've been actually talking with Mike about this both today, and I have been talking with Mike about this for the past few weeks, you know, so his board is in a big rush to do a capital campaign in the next three months. But imagine what they could raise if they gave themselves 12 months or 18 months or 24 months, you know, so I, I think that by trying to cram it in, um, you're keeping that thinking small. But, you know, if you have 10 donors who can do that, imagine if you had 20 donors or 30 donors, what you could do. So I don't know. Just wanted to throw that out there. All right. Let's give you a really specific example. Now, this is an example about our business, the Capital Campaign Toolkit. But we are sort of hot to trot on, on this as we go off to get ready to go off to Maine. And, you know, as as you may know, Amy and I started working on the Capital Campaign Toolkit about, what, three and a half years ago, was it, Amy? Yep. Something like that. Maybe four. Maybe four. And it took us a while to figure it out and to decide what we were going to do and to build the toolkit and to figure out what the service was going to be. And and then we went live, what, about two and a half years ago? Two and a half years ago. And, you know, we sort of gradually, you know, figured it out and have have grown with it. And and we've and now we actually are are doing really well. But bigger than that. What we have learned is that the system that we put together for the Capital Campaign Toolkit really works. It is an effective, cost-effective, surprisingly kind of generous way to provide people with capital campaign expertise and services. So as Amy and I get written, we have now approximately 50 clients, which we're really happy with. As Amy and I get ready to go off to Maine, we are beginning to think about the idea that we would like the Capital Campaign Toolkit service to be the way people do capital campaigns. Not so much because it's a good business for us, though it is, but because it's a way better way of doing this, of doing capital campaigns, of getting support people need. So we want to think our blue sky when we're in Maine is how do we grow five times? How do we serve five times or 10 times more nonprofits in this way? How do we, how do we open the doors so that people aren't having to, to have expensive, you know, sort of last century kinds of service? but can grab onto what's possible today. And, and how can we do more for the nonprofit world, though the, the corner of it of people who are in campaigns? So we're, we are doing a you know, 5X or 10X blue sky. Bigger than that, right? When, when somebody says capital campaign, we want people to say, oh, do it the capital campaign right. toolkit way because right. they are the modern leveraging technology, efficient, affordable, effective way 
to do a capital campaign. So that's what our blue sky is. You'll be hearing more about it in the fall when we come back from our retreat. Um, You know, what what I think is interesting about that is that this is blue sky. And I think all of you should think this way. It is blue sky thinking based on what we have already done. It's not saying, well, I'm going to wake up tomorrow, though sometimes I wish I could. I'm going to wake up tomorrow and, and, you know, at my ripe old age, become an acrobat, (laughs) right? much as it looks like great fun. That's not appropriate blue sky thinking, right? It's not real. It's not based on anything. So most blue sky thinking is based on, grows out of a foundation that you have laid. If it's a personal, personal thinking without boundaries or an organizational thinking without boundaries, right? It, it, it doesn't come out of the, out of the blue entirely. It has to be based on some, on some aspect of reality that you have already built or your, your mission, right? So our mission is to provide the best service for everyone in the capital campaign um, arena, right? Worldwide, actually. I mean, why not think worldwide, Amy? Yeah, <laughs> we do. Stars. We do, right? We do. Right? Yes. All right. Listen, I want to respond. There's been a lot of comments in the chat, which I'm absolutely thrilled about. Um, A few of you have put dollar goals as your blue sky thinking. And I want to push back for just a minute. I want you to think about what those dollars will do for your organization. So to have a goal of $20 million or $250,000 or whatever it is, is, is okay. But to me, it's much more important to think about what will that accomplish, right? Uh, providing services for all, you know, all of our geographic area or, you know, eliminating hunger in this state or providing literacy for everybody on the East Coast or, you know, whatever it is. But so I know we're in fundraising, but it's about impact. That's the blue sky. It's not about dollars. So, you know, then we're going to attach dollars to it. Of course, that comes later. Blue sky is what will you have achieved or what do you want to accomplish? So I I want to refocus us away from the money just for a bit and think about what is that blue sky? Okay. Yeah. So, so Janet has asked a great question and I suspect many of you have had this experience. She says, how can I get my board and leadership into blue sky thinking? I've wanted to schedule a board retreat to work on our vision, but no one will go for it. So Janet, I suspect you're not alone. And, and, you know, it, it raises several questions. And if I were you, I would, I would spend some time talking to people about why they don't want to do it. That's number one. I would start saying, well, what, why don't you want to do it? My guess is that people are afraid of it. They're, you know, people are often don't have permission to come up with vision. And they imagine themselves sitting in a room, sort of being asked to come up with a vision and, and having no structure to it, right? When you bring a board into a room to do visioning, you really need a lot of, you need structure, right? You need, there are some wonderful exercises you can do. You can get a facilitator to do it. And it has to feel like fun. It has to be exciting and, and rewarding for, for the board members. So you have to think creatively about it, 
even in how you present it. And maybe the first thing you do is to bring together two or three of your most visionary board members and get them to help you think about, okay, how can we design a day or a half a day that everybody is going to want to do? Maybe you have prizes for people. Maybe you have, you have exercises. Maybe you bring in, you bring in someone who is a celebrity in your community right? Who could, who could do something. You have to make it more appealing than just thinking about vision because people, many, many people don't think of themselves as visionaries, right? It gets sort of trained out of, out of people. Everybody is a visionary. If given enough permission, everyone is visionary, but people, people, it scares people. So step yourself back and design a process that is going to create a fun, lively, exciting day that people are going to want to attend because there is a prize at the end of it, right? Maybe there is a case of great wine and everybody who comes gets to put the, or a case of champagne or whatever it is that's appropriate to your organization. Everybody gets a, you know, gets to draw. Maybe there are a bunch of prizes. Right. Maybe. I mean, there are all kinds of things you can do to make this fun and yet still effective. Yeah. So I had another idea and I am brainstorming here, so I don't know if it's a good idea or a bad idea yet. But, um, you know, Janet, when your board members say they don't want to do this, I wonder if you could start a little more gently than perhaps a board retreat if they're very opposed to it. Although I think Andrea's right on asking them why are they opposed to it. But maybe an email, a personal email, an individual email to each one saying, you know, if money was no object, what would you have our organization do? Or if we had an extra hundred million dollars, which, which direction should this organization go in? Or, um, you know, in, in five years, if what, what's, or 10 years, right? What's the dream for this organization? Why do you serve and what does our community look like? after we're gone or after we've accomplished our mission or, you know, you could ask some probing questions, maybe individually. I wouldn't send a blast email. You might not get anybody responding. But if you say, dear Sally, I, I'm, I'm asking each board member, but specifically I'm asking you, you know, what, what's your biggest vision for this organization? What would make you feel amazingly proud to serve on the board of this organization? I don't know. Just some other ideas. The other thing to do is is that you can you can provide a variety of of um, ideas to stimulate people's thinking. Right? People often have trouble with the blank page, mm. so you could pull together a small group saying, "Let's come up with five ideas that are off the wall enough to be interesting, but not off the wall so much as to be ridiculous." <laughs> and then send them out and say a small group of us have come together and we have these five different ideas to, you know, which of these, how would you or how would you order these? How would you prioritize these? Mm -hmm. I mean, there are all kinds of ways to engage people and to make them want to be someplace, want to be doing something. Sometimes they're surprising and interesting. Yeah, Gary's saying, you know, get your CEO behind the effort. I would take that one step further and get an influential board member behind the effort. If you can find, you know, 
it's sometimes it's mob mentality, right? One person says, well, I don't want to do a board retreat. And then nobody else speaks up or one other person says, yeah, I don't want to do a board retreat. What if one person said, yeah, I want to do a board retreat. I really want to do some big picture thinking. You know, other people probably would go along. So uh, talk individually to your biggest, most influential person and see if you can get them jazzed about a board retreat. Um, so, and, and then have them spread the excitement rather than it coming from staff. If it comes from another board member, people are less likely to say no to them. I think that's, I think that's right. Um, you know, how people function as a group is fascinating. And there are some people always hang back and there are some people always lead in the front. And sometimes there are people who are actually quite quiet, but when they speak, everybody listens to them. So think about the people on your board who are the quiet ones that when they say something, everyone listens and go and talk to them about how to do this and how to get it going. So you have to be, anytime you work with a group of people, you have to think carefully about who you want to get involved early that other people will want to follow. That's like, we could do a whole session on that, Amy. Yes. It's a really important topic, actually. <laughs> All right. Let's look at Jacqueline's question. Yes. For organizations, is it better to have this blue sky thinking facilitated, uh, a facilitated conversation, or have you found that organizations can do it by themselves? And I think I would say that it depends, Jacqueline, right? So I think part of the question is, do you want to have an outside facilitator or can somebody inside the organization facilitate this kind of conversation? And I think it depends on who you have leading your organization, who's on your board. You may have somebody internally who would be very effective as a facilitator, but I think it's important to really consider who should be doing this, uh, how, how the meeting will go and put some serious thought and planning into it. Um, Andrea, you, you have thoughts on that? Um, uh, no, I've been distracted here. So oh, all right. Fine. Well, no, no, that's fine. I think, do we, do we want an outside facilitator yes. or can they facilitate it inside? You know, I think it's often good to get an outside facilitator. Yeah. I, I do. It's it's sometimes very hard to get to get things going on the inside unless unless you have a, a, a history of really being able to engage the people in your organization. And it has something to do with the culture of your organization. But if your organization isn't used to this kind of thinking, it's probably a good idea to bring someone in, someone in from the outside to do that. And, um, and, and, you know, if you can, maybe you want to bring in more than one person, maybe you bring in some special guests and someone to facilitate it, someone to help you think through the process of designing a really good, you know, a really good uh, blue sky process. Now, Kimberly has, has asked this question. Um, we are in the process of updating our strategic plan. Could that be combined with the blue sky retreat? Yes. You know, the frustrating part of people updating the strategic plans is that it's almost always incremental, right? <laughs> you almost always say, well, we are doing this amount of work in this area and we want to increase it 10% next year. And we are, you know, we are serving this many people over here and we want to increase that 15% next year. Now, I get it, right? That's fine. But, but... 
that should be combined with the with permission to think differently to think about okay we know we do this and we know we do it well are there things we could do that we really haven't thought about doing yet are there things that would greatly increase our 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 capacity to do a lot of work better and differently. So I do. I think they really do go together, this blue sky idea, blue sky retreat and strategic planning. The blue sky stuff should go first and the strategic, the incremental strategic plan second. Right, the strategic plan follows the blue yes. sky thinking because the blue sky thinking informs the creation of the strategic plan. So honestly, you know, if you're doing your strategic plan every three years, every three, four five years, um, you should be doing blue sky planning preceding that. And that way, every five or 10 years, you're thinking about a bigger campaign. It may not be a capital campaign with a building, but you might do a capacity campaign every three or four years. Then every five to 10 years, you'll do a bigger, a bigger capital campaign. You know, the other thing to keep in mind is that some, some organizational leaders are open to this kind of thinking and some aren't. Right. Some are what I used to call bean counters. At least I used to use that, use that phrase. Yes. You know, people have more or less propensity to this kind of thinking. So so be careful when you when you approach it. You may or may not have have a um, you know, ha- have the possibility of pulling this off in, in your current organization. But personally, you certainly have the possibility of pulling it off, even if you don't organizationally have have the ability. And I we really encourage you to sit down at least once a year or go take a walk or sit in a park or and just let yourself let yourself imagine what 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 things you want to be doing that you're not currently doing and how you might do them and can you do them in the context of the current situation you're in or not i mean these are important questions if you don't do them sometimes then you get to be you know my age and I can I still do blue sky thinking, but but my possibilities are nowhere near what Amy's are or what many of yours are because the years just aren't aren't left anymore. You know, I don't have so many years. So so do that. Just just do it. And you may come up with with fantastic ideas that when you sit with them for a while they go nowhere. But then you may find the next year something actually caught hold. So grab that time. Don't don't let the summer go by without without doing that. <laughs> All right. Pamela has asked a question that is not about blue sky thinking, but it's a really important question. So thank you for it, um, Pamela. Uh, she's asked, uh, do you think it's valuable to explain the giving pyramid to the fund development board committee? Yes. The answer is yes. <laughs> yes. So, yes. There's no doubt about that is a big yes. But let's talk about why that's so important. Right. right? All right. I'll start and then you can finish, Andrea. Yeah. All right. So the giving pyramid, just in case anybody's unsure or unclear, we're talking about a gift table. We call it a gift range chart, a giving pyramid. So any type of table or chart where you are showing the number of gifts and the amount of each gift size to get to your fundraising goal. And so in a capital campaign, you would definitely have a gift 
range chart or a giving pyramid that says, if we want to raise a million dollars, our first gift always, no matter what your goal is, should be about 20, maybe 25% of your goal. So in a million dollar goal campaign, your first gift would be $200,000. And so, and your second and third gifts would be $100,000 each and down you'd go. And so you'd have to have a discussion with your board and at your organization, do we have the donors and the donor base who could support this type of campaign? Do we have two or three potential donors in our community who are aware of our organization, who support our organization, who we're connected to that could and realistically might give a gift of 200 or $250,000 to kick off our campaign. Um, of course, the fund development board committee has to be aware of how fundraising works. Otherwise, uh, you know, and this, this chart explains in a crystal clear way how you get to your goal. One of the big fundraising myths that we're always up against in fundraising is that board members are under the, I'm going to say misimpression. I can't think of what the word, you know, uh, they, they believe that everybody gives about the same. And if you wanted to raise a hundred thousand dollars, all you have to do is go out and find a hundred people to give a thousand dollars each. Now the math works. So we're not disputing the math of that, but you'll find, and you probably know that it's very hard to find a hundred people who want to give a thousand dollars each. It's much easier to find 20 to 30 people who want to give bigger gifts. And so that's how fundraising works. And, and the board development committee has to understand that if they're going to be effective in helping with fundraising. What would you like to add? Anything to add to that? Well, uh, I only this, that, that Lori um, has asked, where can we access this gift chart? And, and there is not one gift chart, right? Everybody needs to be developing the gift chart for their own organization and their own goals. But a good resource is in Capital Campaign Masters. And, uh, and if you go to the website, capitalcampaignmasters.com, which is a sister organization to the toolkit, and you just type into the blog, into the search, a uh, gift range chart, you will find a wealth of information about how to create them and what they are and, and samples of what they look like and how, what to know about them and how to use them. I mean, it really, I have spent a lot of time over the years writing about that. So go to capitalcampaignmasters.com in the blog, search for gift range chart. And it okay. will get you but Andrea, we have to also tell people that um, a gift range chart, yes. of course, is available inside the Capital Campaign Toolkit to our paying subscription members, in addition to dozens or hundreds of other tools, worksheets, templates, et cetera. So of course, you can probably um, actually just Google gift range chart and you'll get millions of examples of them. Um, but if you want one that's in our capital campaign toolkit, along with all of our other tools, of course, they are for our subscription paying members. Yes. All right. 
it is a fundamental tool, not only for capital campaigns, though, but really for all fundraising. You should have one for your annual fundraising. You should have one for your for your events. You should you should use them. It should be the basis of of your planning for almost all um, almost all fundraising. All fundraising, yes. So I want to add, though, since I mentioned our paid subscription, that we are actually doing a special summer sale just uh, really focused on you, our Toolkit Talks loyal attendees. Um, So this summer, actually for the next two weeks only until the end of June, we are running a sale uh, or a discount. Um, And so right after this Toolkit Talk, you should get an email with a special code. It's actually SUMMER, all caps, and then the number 500, so S-U-M-M-E-R 500. It will give you $250 off your subscription in July and $250 off your subscription to the toolkit in August so that you can see what's inside and test us out and hopefully decide to to use us for the rest of your campaign. But it's it's a great... it's. It's an offer that we want you to take us up on this summer while we're taking off for the summer for Toolkit Talks because we will continue our weekly calls with our paying subscription clients. So if you want to keep seeing Andrea and myself and all of our other advisors all summer and not miss us while we take off from Toolkit Talks, um, you can join the Toolkit and have access to our members-only weekly chats. Yeah, those are actually small groups. We tend to have eight or 10 or sometimes 12 people per group. So everyone has a chance to participate actively. They're they're, they're Zoom meetings and and they're really great fun and interesting. Uh, Amy, you know, there are a number of people. Well, there are two things I want to pick up here. Uh, Jacqueline House has has said, um, some people have no experience with this kind of blue sky thinking and don't understand how it can propel an organization forward. That, I think that is certainly true, Jacqueline. And you don't have to dive in with a full-blown day of visionary thinking, right? You're, you're going to be barking up the wrong tree. But you can, at some of your board meetings, you can set aside 20 minutes to do a little exercise, right? And the, the book that Andy Robinson and I wrote has some good exercises in that. One of them is, is um, the headline exercise that just comes to my mind. And you ask everyone, you give everyone a, a um, what do you call it, an index card, and you get them to write on the index card a headline that they would like to see in your local paper in five years that captures what your organization has been able to do. And the key to the headline is that it cannot include the name of your organization. Now, that may seem funny, but that forces people to think about what it is you will have accomplished, right? You know, every teen in our community has gone to, is going to college, right? The, um, you know, no, uh, I don't know. Okay, type in the headlines. Go ahead. That's your, right now in the chat. Let's see what headlines you can come up with. And don't use your organization's name in the headlines. Don't say, you know, such and such an organization is going to be the best ever. That's boring. <laughs> it's got to. It's got to say. Well, if you're the best ever, what what problem are you addressing and taking care of and eradicating? 
Right. Then you can say, all right, now we've looked ahead five years about what it is we want to do. Now let's now let's say, well, what if we really wanted to do that? How would we think about making that happen? Right. Our day to get us on that road. Our community went from a 10 percent illiteracy rate to one percent illiteracy rate in just three years or 10 years or whatever it is. Um, All right. So let's see if you can think of some headlines. Uh, yes, thank you, Pamela. Everyone yes. in our city has a roof over their head. Oh, I love yes. it, right? Yes. That's a great headline. What's going to happen if you get each of your board members to write to write a, a, a headline right around the table, and then everyone shares their headlines, and you can post them on a on a board in front, and then you can talk about how you're going to prioritize them. Did people write the same things, or did they write different things? What are the ones that have come up again and again? Right. right. So even there, in 15 minutes, you have a little blue sky blue sky retreat. <laughs> Yes. All right. We're going to read some of these, Andrea. They're so fantastic. Uh, Low income older adults have safe, affordable, secure housing. Yes. Our every child. Oh, I lost it. Every child has a loving, caring home. I love that, Jacqueline. Um, Janet says no one child has drowned in our community in five years. Yes. 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 These are amazing, right? 250,000 women and girls are newly empowered and educated through education. Um, So um, heroes, um, yeah, I mean, endless, endless great suggestions and great headlines. Um, What other ones? Just imagine how that, just a 20 minute conversation may well plant the seed to do something more on whatever it is you've come up with in 20, your board came up with in 20 minutes. Right. Look at this. All families have access to safe, quality, loving birth care, right? So all sorts of ones. A museum Um, and cultural center is leading tourist attraction in the state, right? You can imagine there's, that's a cool headline, right? Yes, there's (laughs) lots of cool headlines. Right. All right. That's great. All right. I I don't want to ignore Patty's question here in the in the chat and we'll touch on our in the question box and we'll touch on it briefly. Um, Patty is part of a pediatric hospital in Honduras and they are dependent on government funds, but want to have some donors and become more self-sustaining. So. Um, You know, Patty, I think this is a challenge no matter where in the world you are, that so many organizations want to be more self-sufficient and self-sustaining. And the challenge is how do you attract donors who are who care and who have the ability to fund your services and programs and organization? You know, I always think that it starts with the board, right? Who are you able to attract to your board? Who is committed enough to agree to serve on your board? So the question is, you know, who in your community and who outside your community would care enough to volunteer first? And then it snowballs from there. You know, it's not an easy or quick thing to do. If anybody else has words of wisdom for Patty on how to get her fundraising started, be happy to see those 
comments in the chat, but yes. I did want to acknowledge uh, that Thank that you. question was there. Amy, it's been on my mind. Actually, there are several organizations who have been asking questions like this, particularly the organization in Uganda and, you know, and some of, you know, in, in Africa or other countries where, where fundraising is not as ubiquitous as it is here. And so many people are looking for so much help. So that does give you give you a challenge, but the way to think about it is no different from the way to think about it even here. And that is that you have to look carefully at your community and see who has a reason to be seriously interested in solving the problem you are setting out to solve particularly who in positions of power, and I don't mean necessarily governmental power, right, but who has a network of people that they could bring in. And you need to just start talking to people, telling them what you're doing, seeing if they have an interest in what you're doing, understanding why someone might be interested in what you're doing, and putting together uh, just a small, it might be a small study group, for example. How can we put together a board for this organization here? It may be that, that you have some people here in the States who are particularly interested in, in ch the challenges in your country, who do, who do work in your country through an aid organization of one sort or another. But you have to, the trick of fundraising always is to find the people who have a reason to care about what you do. And everyone always thinks the trick of fundraising is to find people who have money, right? And that's seldom the first thing to think about. You need to think about the people who, who, have, who, who care deeply about what it is you're doing and understand why they care. And then find out how they might help lead you to other people who care. And some of those people will be people who have the capacity to help you with fundraising. Excellent. I think that's exactly right. All right. I want to go back to this idea of blue sky planning and thinking from abundance. We had started the conversation earlier today. Before we got on the phone with all of you, uh, we were we were talking about how blue sky planning is related to, to thinking from abundance. And I think in part, it has to do with language that you use in your board meetings and when you're speaking to board members and how you're speaking in staff meetings. Um, you know, I always, whenever I'm facilitating a board retreat, I like to correct people when they say I have to fundraise and I say you get to fundraise, right? What's the difference there? You do you have to fundraise or do you get to fundraise for this amazing cause? And are you twisting people's arms or guilting them or are you inspiring and motivating them, right? So how are we thinking about fundraising? Are you thinking about it from a position of scarcity and lack or are you thinking about it from a position of abundance? Because truly, truly, you know, I believe that there is enough money for all the causes. And the question is, how do you go about approaching it? Because the organizations that come to us, you know, we get calls every day. We want to do a capital campaign. Uh, I would say more than half the organizations say, we know we can do it. But plenty of organizations say, you know, we don't think we can do it. 
We don't know how we're going to do it. And we think, how are those organizations going to be successful? Because what happens is the organizations that say, we have to do it. We know we're going to do it. We're excited about it. We don't know exactly how we're going to do it. We need your help and direction about what to do next. But we have to make this happen. And they're going to take any action necessary that they need to do to make it happen. They're going to make phone calls. They're going to write letters. They're going to sit down and have meetings. The people that think, you know, we probably can't really do it, then there's no reason to pick up the phone. There's no reason to make that extra email or, you know, to, to stay late or to do what they need to do. So there really is a mindset to this blue sky planning and to thinking from abundance. Um, and I want you to really think about what language are you using around your board members? Are you being positive? Are you being negative? Um, how are they feeling after they they speak to you or when you when when you hear from them, when you speak to them, is there a negative tone generally? Is it positive and, and forward looking? All right. That was my my tangent. My, I think that's a terrific tangent, Amy. You know, I, I've, I've come to believe that most of the people who can think from abundance are a people who have a deep passion for their mission. That the, it takes courage to think from abundance, right? It's not just a game. It actually takes courage because you are envisioning that people would give you more money, that you would have more money, that you would be able to do more. And anytime we make a change, anytime we shoot higher, anytime we try to extend higher, and I, particularly for women, I believe, it's really easy to, to think, well, I don't. I can't do that. I don't deserve to do that. I don't, I'm not in a position to be able to do that. And what often gets people beyond that is when they have such an, when they have an incredible commitment to the mission that their organization is trying to solve. And that commitment to the mission helps them get beyond their jitters, helps them say, all right, I feel anxious about this. I feel anxious about thinking, thinking so much bigger, but I really believe, I really believe that all animals deserve a safe, you know, a safe place to be or whatever your mission is, or that all children need an education or that, or that, you know, that that the medical care in our community needs to be fantastic or that everyone deserves great, great capital campaign toolkit, (laughs) great capital Capital campaign campaign service. I mean, that's what drives us. That's actually what really what drives me. I just, I think everybody should get the best of, of service and, because it will strengthen the way they all function. So, so I think it's very easy to, to, to be stopped by your own anxiety. And, and the way to get out of that, just to repeat it, the way to get out of that is to spend some time really recommitting to your mission in a big and personal way. And that will let you get beyond your natural um, breaks natural governor. Yeah, I I think, you know, honestly, these calls are just as motivating and inspiring and empowering for me and Andrea as they are for you. We so appreciate you joining us each week. Um, You know, we, we, unless somebody has a question, we may wrap up a couple of minutes early here today, but I do want you to think about 
you know, our blue sky thinking as we get ready to head out to our retreat in two weeks. We've got one more toolkit talk next week that I hope you'll join us for on, I guess it's probably the 28th or uh, yes, the tw- uh, June 28th. We'll see you then. Um, but, you know, our blue sky thinking is we we set out to change the way organizations approach capital campaigns. We set out to change the sector and the way capital campaigns are done in our sector, and really to educate all nonprofit leaders about how to run effective, affordable, efficient, and successful capital campaigns. And you're all part of that, and we couldn't be more thrilled uh, to have you with us each and every week. So, Andrea. so those of you who who will join us next week, it, because we are then going to stop for a bit as we go to Maine and think, we also will be thinking of ways to make these toolkit talks better. So, if you have questions, have suggestions, and thoughts about that, just you know, they may or we may or may not be able to do them, but we would welcome you coming to the call. We will spend ten minutes or so next week saying, okay, what are your ideas about how we could make this? better, how we could make it appeal to more people, how we can reach more people in in doing in having these toolkit talks, right? And and we will factor your ideas into our blue sky thinking as we as we go go to Maine. Now I, I want you all in these last couple of minutes to imagine this. We will be in the most lovely part of Maine. We're going to be in Freeport, Maine in a lovely house and we will take walks every day and probably eat lobster, I would imagine. Amy, do you eat lobster? I don't know. Maybe you don't eat lobster. Anyway, I, we're going to eat good food and and pick vegetables from the vegetable garden and and maybe go to go to the, maybe do a little shopping in one of the little villages. That'd be fun. And sit carefully and think, and think spaciously. Right? So. All right. Yeah. Go ahead. I didn't. I wish that for all of you, for all of you too. All right. So listen, um, you'll be getting an email in the next 30 or 40 minutes, I hope. And it is going to remind you to join us as a subscribing member uh, with our discount. So I hope that if you really want to, to, to start seriously thinking about a capital campaign or ready to implement Um, We do hope that you will join us as a Capital Campaign Toolkit subscribing member so that we can see you in our small groups and you can have access to all of our online tools and resources. All right, everybody, we'll see you next week. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, everybody. Good to be with you. Thank Thank you for all your wonderful headlines. They sure made me happy. Bye, guys. Bye. Thanks for joining Amy and Andrea for today's All About Capital Campaigns. To learn more about them and their work together, go to capitalcampaigntoolkit.com.